we are experiencing a paradigm shift. A fundamental change in the way we usually do things. We are intentionally choosing to see the silver lining. Opportunity arises. We can shine a light on the things that weren't working well, on those things that weren't really working at all. We can regroup, reevaluate, and re-engineer. It's time to explore new patterns and paradigms. Those that inspire us to rise above the chaos and explore how the conditions of today can take us to a better tomorrow. Patterns and Paradigms, the Pattern Podcast, from Hudson Valley Pattern for Progress. You're listening to Episode 5, Business Innovation and Resilience, with your host, Pattern President and CEO, Jonathan Drapkin. We are thankful to our last guest, Jonathan Bowles, the CEO of the Center for Urban Futures, for his insights into New York City's future and his take on what may happen to the Hudson Valley urban areas. If you have any questions or comments, please send them to patternforprogress.org slash podcast. And please subscribe to our podcast at any of these sites where podcasts are available. So Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, and Stitcher. One trend that we've been tracking closely is the movement of new purchasers of housing into the Hudson Valley. On Sunday, the New York Times declared that it might be slowing down due to better offers to be found within the five boroughs. Far be it from us to pick a fight with the New York Times, but it just ain't so. The Hudson Valley market is still hot. But as Pattern has pointed out, this does not necessarily translate into a surge in its population. For every buyer, there is a seller, and the supply of homes in the 250 to 350,000 range is drying up. For the Hudson Valley to capitalize on this trend, there is going to need to be an increase in the supply of affordable housing. This is an early teaser for Pattern's annual housing conference in November this year entitled Shelter from the Storm, but more on that in episodes to come. In episode five, we turn our attention to entrepreneurship and small business with an eye to increasing their success rate. Joining me are Johnny Lahane and Danny Pataki, the principals of Axel 7, a small business accelerator that focuses on the Hudson Valley. They are laser focused on changing the paradigm for success. They are looking at new and emerging efforts in Ulster and Westchester counties, and it will be tough for me to get a word in edgewise. But before that, let's ask Joe Chaika. What's up, Joe, to hear what Hudson Valley Pattern for Progress is up to this week? Joe? Hey, JD. Thanks. Today, I want to talk a little bit about something we call the Mayor's Forum. But first, just a little piece of background on the Mayor's Forum. So back in 2014, Pattern embarked on a project known as the Urban Action Agenda. For purposes of the UAA, an urban center includes our small cities and some of our larger villages 
in each of the nine counties of the Hudson Valley. The goal of the UAA was designed to provide technical assistance to municipalities by really augmenting their existing staff and working directly with the elected officials, the councils, and the boards. These urban centers face a number of challenges, such as concentrations of poverty and aging infrastructure and changing demographics. Some are growing, some are declining, and others are just stagnant. The revitalization of these communities is a vital element to the core vision of the UAA. The Hudson Valley does not have a single urban center that acts as the region's heart, but instead has a constellation of urban centers, large and small, located along the Hudson River and other historic transportation corridors. A small city, according to a vast majority of professional planners, is typically considered to have a population between 50,000 and 250,000 people. There are only four of the 13 cities that exceed a population of 50,000, which are all located in Westchester County here in the Hudson Valley. The balance of the Valley's cities all have populations of well under 50,000. The smallest cities of the mid-Hudson Valley include Hudson and Port Jervis with less than 10,000 people. Beacon has about 15,000 and Kingston, Middletown, Newburgh, and Poughkeepsie fall in a range of, oh, say 23,000 to about a little over 30,000. One of the most successful accomplishments of the UAA was establishing this Mayor's Forum. In January of 2016, Pattern began facilitating a quarterly forum of the chief elected officials from each of the seven Mid-Hudson cities which include, again, Beacon, Hudson, Kingston, Middletown, Newburgh, Port Jervis, and Poughkeepsie. The forum also included at the election of the mayor, staff from City Hall, which typically included the city manager or administrator, maybe a fiscal director, a planner, or a community and economic development director. The forums were held in a host city in a round-robin format moving from one city to the next every quarter. Well, these in-person meetings, what we used to have is in-person meetings, but no longer. Anyway, those forums, they lasted about two hours in length and the topics were selected by the host city. Pattern would conduct preliminary research and data analysis, if warranted, to prepare and distribute to all the participants at each session to help carry the conversation forward. Whether it was about policing or infrastructure or housing or government efficiencies, we prepared a whole bunch of information, brought it to the meeting, passed it around, distributed to other staff, and the mayors were very prepared for conversation. The mayor's forum continued in 2020 and the initiative was expanded to include the most northern city in Westchester, the city of Peekskill. Although Peekskill is located in Westchester County, the city has much more in common with the other cities of the Mid-Hudson Valley than it does the cities of Lower Westchester. So here we are in 2020 and along comes the pandemic. So instead of meeting every quarter, 
the city of Poughkeepsie's mayor reached out to Pattern and said, why don't we meet, why don't we meet every week? The mayors loved the idea. After we called each one of them, they said, we're up for this. It's a great time. We can talk about our daily routines, our weekly routines, and share experiences. So our weekly forum started in April. The mayors and their staff share all of their challenges, and they work together to seek common solutions. During the last seven months, our cities have been faced with very, very large, complex, difficult challenges, challenges having to deal with the fallout of the pandemic. Residents and businesses, well, let's say they should be very thankful for these mayors and their staff getting us through these difficult times. These mayors are putting their heart and soul into everything that they can to make life better as we're facing these challenges. The camaraderie is amazing. Pattern provides the information, the data, the best practices, and guest speakers to assist the cities. These eight cities are doing amazing things and are greatly benefiting from Pattern's involvement and certainly benefiting from sharing the experiences with one another. Remember to check out our website and social media for, I'm going to say it again, the November Housing Week, the 16th through the 20th. Our event is now called Housing Matters, Shelter from the Storm. Tickets are available and so are sponsorships. We have secured six amazing keynote speakers and outstanding panelists. Hope to see you there and a huge thanks to all of our mayors for keeping us in the loop and keep fighting for everything that our residents and businesses need. Thanks, Joe. Um, so today we're moving into episode number five of Patterns and Paradigms. And my guests are Johnny Lahane and Danny Pataki of Excel 7. How you doing, guys? Doing good. Um, you know, the pandemic itself, I mean, are you in your office? Are you home? I'm going to guess. I'm not going to guess anything. I don't, most of the time when I'm talking to my guests, I don't know where they are. So where are you today? Yeah, welcome back, Johnny, from a long camping weekend. You want to go first? Sure, sure. Thanks, Jonathan, for having us. I am today in my home office in Rhinebeck. Uh, I have the luxury of being very used to working from home. I've run, uh, previously ran my own business out of my home for 15 years and out of my home in fields across the country. Uh, but in general, these days, I'm splitting my time between my home office, uh, our co-working space in Rhinebeck Co, co-working and event space, and a project in Saugerties that uh, I may touch on a little later. But I'm spending some time in a film and television studio up there. That's great. And Danny, how are you? Yeah, same. Oh, well, great to, to be on. Thank you, Jonathan. And uh, looking forward to diving in. Uh, same as, as Johnny, a little bit. I'm in my home office uh, in Hurley, New York, uh, the historic Hurley, and, and you know, have um, been working here for several months. Uh, we do have, for Cell 7, we have an office space down at the train station in New Rochelle. Uh, and we also have partnered uh, with Co to have some cohort companies from startups and small businesses. We can get into all of that up in Rhinebeck. Uh, we've also um, tinkered in Kingston as well. So it's it's been a, 
a good time, but for the most part, working predominantly from home and venturing down to Nurshell to make sure everyone is, is safe down there. It was a hot spot, uh, you know, down there as well, which really uh, made us think through a lot of logistics and, and uh, workflows and, and uh, all that good stuff. So we could dive into that as well. So let me just tell my listeners that all the locations you're talking about are inside of the Hudson Valley and that I will have absolutely no control over the two of you today since I know that you can um, uh, run rings around my ability to think outside the box. And that's one of the reasons I was excited to have you on. Why don't you describe what Excel 7 is? Sure. Yeah. And I'll, um, I'll take the, the first lead at that. And Johnny, just, you know, feel free to fill in any blanks, whatnot, because, you know, Jonathan, it's, um, it's a two pronged story now, um, you know, given pre COVID pre pandemic and, and pandemic now, but overall, what I'll say first is we think that we're building to meet the needs, you know, and, the, and the desires of what, you know, everyone is looking for in this region. So, you know, a couple of years ago in 2018, we launched the Cell 7 as an early seed stage startup accelerator uh, company. Uh, the acceleration part, what it really means is you try to recruit and attract the best in breed at that time, technology, mainly software uh, companies that were building, um, you know, platforms, maybe apps, uh, maybe some, some other tech solutions on the front end or the back end. Uh, and we brought them to, at that time, White Plains, New York. Uh, we partnered with a co-working space called Koi um, Creative Space, which was in downtown White Plains, you know, a couple blocks from the train station. And we ran uh, companies through a three-month uh, acceleration program where we, you know, taught them and coached them and trained them on business model and product and marketing and and uh, pro forma and financials and, and with the goal of either launching it to market or expanding uh, what they were currently doing. Uh, so we've run, you know, several of those startups over years. And that was part of the progression that we, uh, you know, you heard a little bit about, um, you know, venturing up to Rhinebeck and Kingston, because we eventually had cohorts up here. And this is, you know, what you refer to, Jonathan, as we're covering, you know, what New York State would call the mid-Hudson region. Um, and in addition to that three months, we would advise companies and we'd meet with them on a bi-weekly or monthly basis and we'd coach them up on where they're continuing to go down with the with the two main goals, to have an MVP, a minimum viable product, uh, something that users can actually put their hands on and use and try to improve and Im implement into their companies. And secondly, uh, what we call a path to money. Uh, we are still doing all of these things with, with cohorts and acceleration, uh, but we could get more into, and I'll, I'll stop here for now, but we are also now working with um, local municipalities, county governments, uh, state governments to respond to uh, the pandemic and to help, you know, the whole host of small businesses, largely family owned in many ways throughout the Hudson Valley uh, to bring to them some of these acceleration models to help them get through uh, the pandemic. Johnny, is there anything you want to add to the sort of the creation of Excel 7 or its mission? Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd love to uh, 
just share a little bit. Uh, Danny and I met through my work with the Hudson Valley Startup Fund, which is a member-managed seed capital fund, commonly thought of as an angel fund. Happy to talk more about that. Uh, but Danny was working with a company that came through our pipeline, and we got to know each other and realized uh, the importance of this work to help companies that were preparing to raise money. And uh, so we started working together with the accelerator. Danny asked me to join that accelerator and the, the few cohorts now that we've worked through there uh, and really found that we uh, had a great pairing of what I like to refer to as strategy and operations. So uh, I focus on strategy and, and big thinking and, and growth. And Danny focuses on getting stuff done, uh, which I've always needed in my in, in my work is somebody who can make sure that uh, we're setting them up and knocking them down, so to speak. Uh, so Danny and I uh, teach both the strategy and the operation pieces there at the accelerator. And while we had been talking to Ulster County prior to the pandemic about how do you take the innovation and resilience and entrepreneurialism that is so often focused only on these hyper growth or high growth businesses and apply it to Main Street businesses or businesses that uh, may have just as important, but not as audacious of goals. They wanna provide locally, they wanna provide for the families and the families of their employees, uh, but they will be satisfied with companies uh, that are in the hundreds of thousands or, or millions of dollars, as opposed to the startup realm, which is always focused on these moonshots. Um, when the pandemic struck, Ulster came back to us and said, now's the time. We can't wait and keep on trying to figure out how we apply this entrepreneurial uh, thinking to Main Street. And we engaged with them and uh, have started helping companies both through our webinar series as well as through what we call deep dives, which are focused coaching sessions with myself or other experienced business folks um, and diagnostics, which are uh, industry roundtables around resiliency, uh, bringing together very experienced business owners in the region with folks who maybe haven't been through a downturn before if their business is only a few years old uh, to share best practices. Let, let's clear up a couple of things. First, I want to know, what does the seven stand for? Yeah, in the Mid-Hudson region, there's seven counties that ah, are uh, identified. Okay. So, you know, we're trying, like you said before, John, we're trying to, you know, really bring a lot of entrepreneurial thinking and, and creativity and acceleration, some incubation to the seven counties, um, you know, and maybe uh, we could follow up or in show notes provide, you know, what the seven counties are for listeners. But the Hudson, the greater Hudson Valley is typically known to cover all of these seven counties from Westchester, just north of the city to Ulster County and Dutchess at the top end, uh, just south of Albany. Right. So that means you wouldn't include two that pattern includes probably Green and Columbia? It does not formally. Uh, right. However, uh, during the, you know, the pandemic or whatnot, it's, you know, we always want to welcome in and we have a lot of collaborations, um, you know, and, and westward towards Sullivan County and beyond as well to Broome, uh, you know, that there's um, some collaborations there too. So, Johnny, just just I want to make certain because maybe, you know, you guys always speak a language that I have a hard time keeping up with. So let's just make certain. So if you're talking about diagnostics and we've had healthcare people on, um, 
you mean something very differently when we're talking about small business diagnostics. That, and- that's right. And, uh, and roundtable may be a term that uh, more generally understood, but really our goal there is to bring together folks of like industry or like businesses, which sometimes can be in different industries, and get a lay of the land for those folks in their businesses today. Like what, what does the industry look like? So that's the diagnostic term. What has changed in the cafe business? What has changed in the video production business? And by bringing folks together who may traditionally see themselves as competition, though I'll say in the Hudson Valley, we always find that folks really understand that, uh, that it's healthy to uh, be aware of your peers in the industry. By bringing those folks together, they can share their own experiences and we can guide them through creating that diagnostic or that understanding of where is our industry now? What happened because of the pandemic and the lockdowns and where do we think we're likely to go? And then we can plan our own individual business plans based on that knowledge share. So right now people are, you know, the general sense is that small business has been devastated by this. And I don't know how that pertains to more of the entrepreneurial side of small business, but tell me what you're hearing, learning. Is it, is it just as devastating or are you finding that there are people still willing to say, Hey, I have an idea and I need some help and I'm ready to get going. I'll jump in on that uh, and let Danny follow up with any uh, gaps that I may leave there. I will say, as with any economy, uh, there's a wide swath, right? There's a, there are lots of folks uh, who are devastated and retail businesses and restaurants in the early days, especially when they couldn't serve at all. And then if they weren't used to doing takeout, had to pivot to understand takeout, uh, really challenged. And general macroeconomic trends, folks are losing jobs, which means they're spending less. And restaurants, uh, you know, hospitality is a huge portion of the business here in the Hudson Valley, uh, have had their challenges. Tourism really got beat up in the early months of the pandemic. As time moved on, while people aren't typically staying in the hotels, uh, the short stay Airbnb style actually went through the roof because the Hudson Valley is drivable distance. And as you know, Jonathan, I'm not sure if you've talked about this in previous episodes, Ulster County and Northern Dutchess have been exploding with folks moving up out of the city, either for temporary, medium term or longer term. So some businesses uh, have seen success from that. At the same time in our diagnostics uh, and our own discussions, Uh, We have seen that those folks that are prepared, that are transparent with their employees, and that have a resiliency mindset uh, have found ways to actually thrive in these times. We've seen a shift to online e-commerce blended into retail stores. Uh, We saw lots of restaurant and food businesses stand up their online ordering systems where they had maybe put that as a low priority previously. Uh, We talked to uh, uh, Nell's leader last week, and uh, that was one of their biggest shifts was to really get their online ordering working well. And it's something that's not going to go away. So those that were ready to pivot and, you know, didn't have an industry that really relied on massive amounts of face to face tended to fare better, as you would imagine. 
John uh, Nels, Nels is uh, Brett alone. That's correct. My apologies. Nels is yeah, the CEO, second generation C- CEO of Bread Alone. They're now everywhere. I mean, <laughs> I can't go into a store and not find Bread Alone prominently displayed when as pre-pandemic, they were not as widely um, distributed throughout the Hudson Valley. Something's happened inside of his business model. Well, and I will say he had a diversified business model to start with the cafes and the storefronts that many of us are used to going into in places like Rhinebeck and Woodstock. Uh, And they had the production environment where they would make bread and sell to restaurants and grocery stores. Uh, We have seen the food chain was totally turned upside down, the food distribution and supply chain. And Nels was ready to react to that with his business and his team and his his culture there are working together. The restaurant business went down, uh, but their grocery store business exploded and they leaned into that. And he tells stories of folks that were working in the cafe are now working in the bakery. And like you said, you know, that business uh, has really uh, boomed for them. I think, you know, sure, uh, Danny. Yeah, and no, I think, you know, some of the things that Johnny's touching on, we think a lot about not, not only in Excel 7, but... I think in the region, I think this region, you know, and even more, the numbers that came out even yesterday as of Monday, October 12th, uh, just for the record, so anyone listening, is that New York continues to stay steady. Uh, I like to think that during the pandemic, even when compared to pre-pandemic, um, we, we want to push towards more and more of a people-centered, people-minded economy. And I think a lot of what Johnny's trying to highlight, and I, and I, I think Nell's leader at Bread Alone is a wonderful example of trying to push towards that. Uh, but there are some things, Jonathan, if we took a step back, I, I know that, you know, Patterns really thinks a ton about is what's happening on the ground. And some things are still somewhat the same pre-pandemic and, and now in the pandemic, which are if you're a founder, right, the typical title given to like this early startup, um, you know, entrepreneur trying to found that company or a business owner, which is typically like, you know, Main Street or or maybe a small, medium enterprise, SME. Number one, you're doing a lot, right? Number one, you're doing a lot. And the number one thing that we've seen is not necessarily help with a pro forma or financial, not necessarily help with a marketing plan, those things are completely needed still, right? Whether you're an early company or a later company. But we are still seeing above all that personal and family stress is a major, major aspect that business owners, founders, entrepreneurs, students probably, whatnot, they're all dealing with this. And this data, our data shows that. And I think there's other probably data that that would show that too. Uh, so people are doing a lot, maybe even the most that they've ever done in the last several years. Now, given that, that people are stressed, they still have to run a business. They're still building something from scratch. That's an argument I think I'll continue to make, right? Whether you're an early company or now you're Nell's leader at a growing, rapidly growing, scaling company. The pandemic has forced everyone to build from scratch again, right? Whether Even if you're You've launched in your businesses for 10 plus years. Jonathan, we're seeing that the someone that launched, and when we went through, and Johnny's mentioned some of this stuff in Ulster County that we've done, 
someone try to launch a fitness company in mid-February. Oh my gosh, what a time to try to launch that business. She was dealing with the same exact top three to five issues that someone like Nell's leader at, at Bread Alone was dealing with as well. Managing that that scratch building again, right? You know, like coming up with new processes or in that woman's case with fitness company, the brand new everything process and managing a team and taking care of people and trying to attract clients. It's, it's people are managing a lot. But the other thing I want to say is this pandemic has shown um, maybe for the first time again in several years or a decade that we have fundamentals available to us. It's, it's kind of amazing and scary at the same time to say there's the most talent available right now in the economy. There's the most education or training available right now in the economy. There's the most food and clothing support available right now in the economy that people are stepping up to help each other. And we think it's about fundamentals. And you know, one, one fundamental I, you know, I'd love to dive in more is the value of mentorship is, is being proven again, again, and again during the pandemic. Johnny's touched a lot on this, just talking to folks. I see it every day and what he's doing and other people are doing. And I think you're probably seeing it, Jonathan, as well, in having a mentor to talk to, whether you're stressed, uh, whether it's for family, and whether it's about new elements of business, right? Curbside pickup, or what is what does the winter look like? What's 2020? Can I project two to three years? Uh, do I need to now pick up a second or third job because that company I was working with just closed or is going to close? Uh, there's a lot of mentorship available in the economy right now. So. And I, I just want to touch on that word mentorship because sometimes people are like, I don't need a mentor. I know my business better than anybody else possibly could because I created something unique. And that is definitely true in many cases. Uh, but it's a word that even I got, I get stuck on and got stuck on at certain points in my career. So I like people to realize that they maybe could think of this as I need a sounding board or I need a coach. Uh, I heard somebody in one of our deep dives coaching sessions that I was doing last week say, you know, I'm sick of feeling like I have to be the smartest guy in the room. When I'm running this business, I'm all alone, even though I may have a a financial partner, I'm in charge. So I'm supposed to have all the answers. So having someone to soundboard with, to be vulnerable with and say like, yeah, I don't know what I'm doing on this little piece of the business, uh, or let me talk through this with you and gain some confidence. Uh, that mentorship is available. That's a lot of what Danny and I are working on, uh, in Ulster and other counties in the region. And, we saw a lot of that in the early days of the pandemic. People were getting on Zoom webinars. They, they didn't have anything else to do in some ways, but they needed that reassurance that there were other people out there suffering the same challenges. I encourage folks to keep reaching out and find those thought partners that they can soundboard with. And uh, it's, a, it's a form of business therapy, but it's super important and valuable to not feel like you have to go through stuff alone when you're in a business, even if you're a, par a partnership running a business, that third voice in the, in, in the room is super valuable just to, to gut check. And it's, it's the best work that we can do uh, 
Danny and I are available and our team are available for just these kind of calls. And, uh, and we just want people to know that that service is out there and we're not the only ones offering it. And, you know, and John, just if I could add one, one thing, I think to, to wrap up maybe these comments, it ends with a question that we have to all ask ourselves. You know, I think pattern asks, asks this question a ton, given the micro and the macro uh, components of the economy, all the, you know, the, the out of alignment reports that have come out in the past that you have championed time and again, just reading your October update the other day, you know, make sure people who haven't, you know, those monthly updates are superb, you know, on what's going on in the economy in the, the mid Hudson region. Okay. If we've established now that mentorship through programming and through these models is valuable, how do we scale that? And then even more challenging, how do we scale it? When businesses, I think, Johnny, I'd love to you know challenge or agree with me on this, and Jonathan, when they are the busiest they've ever been and they're saying to themselves, I don't need to write a business plan. I have to clean the toilet, go find new clients, uh, raise my family or community. That's what I always say, family or community, right? Whatever component that is. And oh, by the way, um, the board wants to meet now every two weeks or a month as opposed to a quarter because we're managing this brand new, you know, phase of our business and everything in between, right? So how do we scale it up when we've seen that businesses are not only saying what Johnny's saying, like, hey, you know, do I really need a mentor? But they're also reassessing, do I really need to do this in my business? I did it for five years. Do I need to do that in my business? I've done it for 10 years. So the scaling up component is really important. It kind of gets to any post-COVID, if I could maybe use those terms, because we have to think about what's next, what's possible, where we're going. And this scale-up model includes a full, like once again, people-centered approach, more mentors, more local capacity building, you know, more public-private partnerships. I'm throwing out maybe some big things too, but I mean, Johnny or Jonathan, I, I think now's the time to recreate a little bit of what we might have traditionally called economic development and make it as micro and local as possible with real capacity focused on operations and strategy. But that could be scaled at least across the region. Um, with all of the on the ground resources that are already available uh, with mentorship networks. And we could go through a whole list of those, the acceleration project with Jane Verrill that's running that, you know, Johnny mentioned the Hudson Valley startup fund, right. And, and that network, the Hudson Valley venture hub, that's all right there. That's a hundred plus mentors available to people to take advantage of, you know, there's Wetsy, the Women's Enterprise Development Center. And, John, here's the beauty of it. We're only talking about the Mid-Hudson region. Could you imagine tapping in now across all 10 regions in New York State with this capacity? So the the day-to-day is connected to this larger question of of what's going on, um, you know, and, and how we actually build this scale with mentorship as we go. Well, so let me just let me just jump in here if I can. It's always hard with both of you because I've had these discussions with you. And so, um, you know, it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to say, wait a minute, I've never been through a pandemic, an economic 
upheaval, the likes of which is goes back to the Great Depression, social unrest. How could you possibly have all the answers? And there's nothing wrong with saying to an XL7, since I'm talking to both of you, guys, can you help me think this through? And then help me be in a better position as the world changes. And the, the, one of the things I was reading about last night was the, the acceleration that was going on pre-pandemic. So that, you know, the, the, the notion of currency and Bitcoin, the, the technology changes that were occurring, this was all happening pre-pandemic and the pandemic just threw fuel on the fire. And the rate of change, you know, they say for telemedicine, the pandemic did for telemedicine in, you know, like one month, what it would have taken 10 years for people to do. So what, what do you want to coach people on in thinking about tomorrow? I mean, I know we have to get through today, but what, what do we start, you know, saying lay the foundation? Where do you want to go? Johnny's well, coaching me too on this. So go ahead, <laughs> well, well, and and I think it was Chris Hewitt uh, at the Hudson Valley Current who uh, said uh, that the pandemic wrinkled time, and I thought that was a really valuable expression for what you're talking about, Jonathan, with with telemedicine, and we saw it with uh, remote education, all these Zoom classes and hybrid, and all of that stuff that. The technology was there. The acceleration was there for folks to really change and digitize and accelerate their businesses. And But I will say that the Hudson Valley businesses, the mom and pop, and I don't mean that in a derogatory way, but these family businesses were resistant to that type of innovation because they understood their business model as it was. They understood the tool set that they had. Yes, we had switched to spreadsheets from uh, ledgers. Uh, yes, we used email instead of telephone calls as much. But the Hudson Valley had been resistant, along with much of Middle America and and the non you know innovation centers like New York, Boston, Silicon Valley. Nobody was allowed to resist that anymore, right? When the pandemic hit and we were locked down, we pulled all these tools out and learned how to use them very quickly. And that's great. And we had all sorts of, you know, silly Zoom bombs and misfortunate events, but we learned through those. And you touch on some of the other technologies, Bitcoin, blockchains, that have the ability to accelerate that change further that haven't necessarily been needed in the pandemic in this time wrinkle. Our money still works the same and that may be okay. Uh, but I hope that people will look back five months and say, holy cow, I was really open to change in the last five, six months. I adapted. I learned five new technologies and software applications. I can do this. And for the last 15 years, I was telling myself one tool or two tools, that's all the new change I can really handle because change is not slowing down. The pandemic forced some of these tools upon us there are going to be other things that are going to force tools upon us. The political environment is going to force change on us, and we don't know what kind it is, and we're not going to get into that. The uh, environmental climate is going to force change on us, and we're not sure what change that's going to be. But realize that 
look backwards a little bit. You are resilient. You are elastic. You can change and adapt to new tools. So maybe if as your business is stabilizing a little bit, hopefully now, do that planning, slow down and look forward and say, maybe I should be spending my Monday nights reading about this thing called blockchain as Jonathan is doing. Maybe I should look at look up a little bit. I spent a lot of time in my business with my partners uh, looking down into the business all the time. And, and when we first started picking our heads up in a time of crisis for us in the, the Great Recession in 2008-9-10, we realized how much information and, and there was out there by just talking to other people. Uh, so, so keep having those conversations. Realize how innovative you can be when forced to be and find your own forcing mechanisms to, to, to make those changes. Um, I'm just looking at the, the time. I want to make certain I give both of you time. Danny, do you want to talk a bit about what you're doing with Ulster, if mm-hmm. you can? Yeah. And and Johnny, you made reference to a project in Sargates in film. So do you guys want to talk a little bit about the kind of actual projects you're working on now? Sure. It's it's uh thanks for asking that. Johnny, I'll go first because I, I think it gets you know, it gets to uh, you know the project at Socrates, uh that you've been involved with because it's a great example of what we need to continue to do in an ecosystem. But I'll, I'll say, you know, overall, Jonathan, it's it's funny we're sort of the same bra- wavelength this morning because I one of the you know the other points I wanted to bring up related to this is, and and I'm mixing some of your questions here, but if I if I wanted to coach someone on one thing related to thinking about what these programs are and how we can help. I think overall, I would say to them, you can find the money or the funds, right? Or the resources, but it needs to be paired with operations. And, you know, that's, I think something that we are coming out of this or learning more and more that we can ask for help to find all these resources that are becoming available, you know, in the, the economy and I think, you know, the Ulster response, so Ulster County response program is is really geared towards helping and it's available to all Ulster County businesses, uh, you know, that are based in the county uh, to come in and to have these strategy sessions, these deep dive sessions to, to actually pair it with, um, you know, the Ulster County has a revolving loan fund initiative that they're getting going. Uh, as well. And then we have uh, on the other side of that, these one to two hour, maybe three hour sessions to focus on an action plan and an implementation plan, you know, moving forward, what those steps are. And there's, like I said, there's tons of resources around that, uh, that we could bring together to really act almost like an extension, almost like an outsourced extension of the team at times for a short period to keep people going. And the county we thought was really innovative with that. You know, they they came to us and said, um, you know, businesses, this is back in in April, um, give or take. They said that, you know, the businesses are, are starting to suffer uh, at that time. Overnight, literally, they dropped 75 to 80 percent in revenue or, or loss of, of customers. And by May, June, you know, it was continuing down that path. And, and at that time, everyone is, you know, at home uh, for the most part and only went to the grocery store, maybe the doctor if you needed to. Um, but now, you know, I, I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I think with some of the things that are 
maybe going to potentially end like, you know, deferred rent or um, other forms of payment, uh, it, it might get worse. Um, so we think that maintaining these types of programs with these deep dive action plan sessions is a really, you know, important part of, of this. And, you know, I think uh, the other, you know, example here is Westchester County. They launched uh, only a couple of weeks ago a $10 million fund. And, you know, businesses applied to that. And now imagine pairing that with a form of operations, Jonathan, like, you know, have this team come in and, and really focus on helping you develop an action plan, an implementation plan. It's uh, I think it's a, I think it's a unique model moving forward. Um, and, and we think, you know, I think, you know, if someone said, why here? It's not only the tactical response of it literally started with a conversation where Johnny and I were saying, how do we help? How do we help? And one thing that we, we didn't completely buy into at the beginning was, yes, amazing that all these mentors are volunteering their time. But we were also hearing a lot of mentors and volunteers say, I can't give 20 to 40 hours of my week for, for months and years to help these businesses. I have to, I have to like, save my own business as well. So it was, a, it was a big part of bringing these public-private partnerships together to say, let's provide the resources to make this happen. And if we come out with a staple business or a series of staple businesses that are scaling now and went from pause, and Johnny, I think this is over to you, went from pause to back at it, right, and maybe made some pivots, we need those businesses to rise and to continue to rise and to hire more people and to bring in to, to import talent and, and to export even goods uh, or services, but to retain everything here. I believe it's like this is the, one of the most beautiful parts of the country. It's only going to get better from this this time out, and there's such a sense of community here. Um, so I, I love just seeing these resources paired together. But we need those rising companies, you know, to carry uh, carry people as we go. And and Johnny, yeah, and I will actually pick up what what Danny's talking about there in that conversation that we had. Um, I think Jonathan knows and your listeners may know that one of the big challenges that we have in the Hudson Valley, especially the northern portion of the Mid-Hudson Valley up here, is a mismatch between skilled labor, the rate or wage that uh, they should be earning given their experience and talent, and the housing, cost of housing. So um, that is still a challenge. That is still something that we're going to have to deal with. And that's where those mentors are like, I want to give of my time, but I also want to be compensated for the skill and experience I have. And that is where uh, this new version, at least to me, of economic development, this pairing of skilled, experienced business folks with municipal funds to get that experience out into the market and help them lift and rise those businesses that need that experience. So, uh, so, so that's that piece. Um, and then in terms of uh, the other project that I'm working on, I uh, actually have to go back a little bit and looking at macroeconomics, we, don't, we, we need in the Hudson Valley a diversified economy with 
large pillars and we have some in arts and hospitality and tourism but really education and medicine ended up being our, our two big pieces there and we need more and one of those that has the best opportunities for creating a diverse range of jobs and a lot of income in the area is the film and television industry absolutely Mary Stewart and Beth Davenport and others realize this. The talent has been moving into the area because of the reasons Danny noted, how beautiful our region is. It's proximity to New York City, where they have been producing a lot of content. Uh, so they started Stockade Work several years ago, and they started on this journey to identify the proper location for a real high-grade high quality film and television studio. Well, I'm happy to share that Upriver Studios is literally moments away from launching and opening its doors. We, like that company, the fitness company that Danny uh, mentioned, thought January and February was a good time to start a project. And uh, we had a lot of challenges through the lockdown and getting the construction done uh, and, and putting all the components in place. But we are, we are there. Uh, this is a great opportunity for the Hudson Valley. Stockade Works has been training frontline crew for years now, and they are prepared to scale that work up. And Upriver Studios is a location. So to be clear, things that I've learned about the industry, uh, we're like a hotel. We're the place that the, the productions come to set up business. Uh, we don't produce the content, but we provide the place, the location, the envelope to do so. So we're excited about that. Uh, hopefully big news coming in the weeks and months ahead as we secure our first clients. And uh, and we're really excited about that. We're a piece of the puzzle. We've got Umbra in Newburgh. That's a great studio with great folks there. Uh, we have other locations in the region. We know that HBO did a great film in uh, Dutchess County last year uh, with Mark Ruffalo. So we look forward to continuing to scale that up. And we really do see that that film and television and content production industry has an opportunity to be one of our top three industries in the Hudson Valley. And we look forward to being a part of that. Completely agree with you, Johnny. It was one of the things coming out of our out of alignment report that it's it's um, how do I describe this? It's I'm a big movie fan so that if you watch a movie and at the very end there's this long list of people the gaffer the best boy the so what people don't understand that comes with the production of movies are all of these jobs that pay a very good wage um and that there is a great opportunity for us in the hudson valley and so i'm, I'm very excited to know that you are involved with mary stewart in the stockade works and, and you really nailed it and the, the two things that I'd like to say about the economic opportunity in this industry is one, those jobs can build off of skilled trades and do build off of skilled trades. If you're a hairdresser, you learn a little bit more and you can be a hairdresser in the film and production industry. Makeup, same thing. Wardrobe, seamstress, same thing. Carpenter, artist, same thing. You have to learn the particulars of the industry and the lingo. That's what Stockade Works can do. But if you have a craft and a skill and a trade, this is a great opportunity. And they build a lot of stuff and make amazing things at, at scales that, that are really astounding. And we've got over 100,000 square feet for them to do it in. And the second piece is that it's not just the jobs that they create, but it's the people that, they, that need places to stay, food to eat, laundry to get done. So the ripple effect uh, in the in the region is also 
uh, has the opportunity to be massive. So it, it really does have a lot of exciting opportunity. We're excited to be a part of uh, making that the forefront of the Hudson Valley. So I, far be it from me to ever think I get the last word with the two of you. So <laughs> Danny and Johnny, where, where would you, what would you like people to take away from this discussion with regard to the future of business in the Hudson Valley? Danny? Yeah, my gosh, we think a lot about this. Um, it's funny because you always, I guess I would say, you know, you, you're going to continue to have to have your head down on a lot of things in your business. But you have to find the time. You have to do the extra work. And I, I'm, a, I'm a big sports, you know, I'm a sports metaphor guy, especially when I'm teaching at Iona College, um, the students in entrepreneurship. You have to be a five-tool player more than ever nowadays. You have to find the time, find the effort, find the energy to work on your business. You know, so many, so many people are going to be in it, right? But you have to, you have to leverage, um, you know, your communications, your mindset, your relationships more than ever now to work on your business. Because, you know, at, at the end of the day, people are trying to, like I said, raise a family or raise a community. And, and that is fundamentally, Jonathan, embedded into the mission and the philosophy of a cell seven. That we want to, we existed actually. We launched uh, in 2018 to source technology solutions, and now we're helping small businesses with their business solutions to make family and community life better. That that has always been a core tenant of why we exist, and and you just got to find the energy to do that. And and the the part of that is there there's resourcing available to you. Take advantage of it. And let's make it happen. So that's that's um that's something. And by the way, I'm saying that to myself, you know, <laughs> as I'm saying it to anybody else. So understood. Johnny, last words. Uh, well, I definitely echo what what Danny said there. Uh, I think of in the business as operations, and we need to do that. And on the business as strategy. And I'll say maybe scheduling that nighttime reading. Uh, if folks are not familiar with the urgent and important grid, Google that phrase, urgent, important grid, and make sure you spend time on the things that are important, but might not feel urgent. And we need to schedule that time for ourselves. And one of the things that Jonathan touched on a little bit, but uh, lamented is that a lot of companies don't seem to have a business plan and they need a business plan. Don't be daunted by the concept of needing a business plan, 10 pages, 30 pages, but make sure you carve out time in your weekly, monthly, quarterly schedule to know where you've been and know where you're going and write it down and talk to someone about it. You need that external view. You need to be able to, to have someone as a sounding board. Uh, and Excel 7 uh, is here with that, uh, that opportunity for you folks. Uh, in the Elster County and beyond. And uh, that, you know, I, I think the future in Hudson Valley is super bright. I think that there are so many folks working to support the businesses here. I think we have amazing talent in the region. And I think some of those gaps can be closed between housing and wage and, and resources. And I think it's, it's organizations like Pattern for Progress and Excel 7 that help make that happen. 
So this is Jonathan Drapkin having a great time with two of his friends, Danny and Johnny at Excel 7, who have been really doing an amazing job of rethinking how do we create um, new businesses to and old businesses to help stabilize them, but really what is going to improve upon their success rate. And um, whether it's a business plan, mentorship, they sound like old things, but they are the part that fits no matter where we're heading. They are the basics of setting up the formula for success. So I want to thank both of you a lot for your time today. And uh, good luck and be healthy and uh, look forward to talking to you again. Thank you for tuning in to Patterns and Paradigms, the Pattern Podcast. For more information about this episode, visit our website, patternforprogress.org forward slash podcast.